How are we doing, Rich Church? And my name is Bobby. I am uh, one of the pastors here at the Ridge. We're so glad that you guys are here today. If uh, you need a Bible, we would love for you to grab one of the Bibles out at the table that you passed on the way in here. It's called Ridge Central. If you uh, need a Bible, we would love to be able to give you one of those. And so if you have your Bible with you, though, right now, go ahead and open it to Matthew chapter 1. And uh, it'll also be on the screen back here behind me. We've been uh, in Matthew chapter 1 for the last uh, several weeks. We've been looking at the Christmas story from uh, Matthew 1 as we've been celebrating uh, Advent. And so uh, we're just going to continue doing that uh, today. Uh, Let me ask you to do something for me just real quick. Uh, Tell me uh, just all at the same time, because I'm going to hear every single one of you, uh, all at the same time what your favorite Christmas movie is. Ready? Go. Okay, I heard like 8,000 Christmas movies all at once. That's awesome. I, I did hear Christmas Vacation. Somebody said that. That's good. All right, there's somebody, somebody back there. I love Christmas movies. It's one of my uh, favorite genres of, of movies, really. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that I'll watch a Christmas movie any time of the year. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Christmas because they're just funny. I mean, most of them, right? And so I will watch a Christmas movie any time of the year. And so uh, here's a few of my favorites. Uh, we're just going to put some pictures on the screen back back here. Uh, how about this one? Anybody? Ralphie fans in the house? Yeah? Yeah, just shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah, that's a uh, Christmas story is one of my all-time favorite uh, Christmas movies. I had a chance, uh, my wife and I actually, yeah, well, okay, uh, my wife and I actually had a chance to uh, go to Cleveland and be inside of the Christmas story house, and they got the leg lamp there in the window. It's, it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, and so uh, how about this, this next one? Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, anybody? Yeah, big, big fans. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. That's, that's another one of my, my favorites. Uh, here's uh, one of, I think, everybody's favorites, I think. How about this one? Yeah. You sit on a throne of lies. Yeah. Um, smell like beef and cheese. Uh, <laughs> you're not saying, anyway. Uh, I love Elf. Uh, my family and I, we actually sat down and watched that one last night. Uh, it was one of my favorites. This is probably uh, top two right here. Yeah. Um, I, I, have a, I have a few aspirations in life, and one of those aspirations is to be Clark W. Griswold when I get a little bit older. And so uh, maybe I already am just a little bit, uh, but anyway, love Christmas Vacation. It's one of my, my favorites. Uh, not too long ago, I introduced my kids. They'd seen it before, but they really hadn't had a chance to to really dive down into it and really understand it and, and appreciate it for what it is. But I uh, showed my kids uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, really for the first time, Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, okay, there we go. There we go. All right, somebody likes that. All right, but like Rudolph is one of my favorites. Like I remember growing up watching Rudolph. Like it wasn't Christmas unless we got to sit down, watch Rudolph. Now listen, if you got Rudolph on DVD, chunk that because you got to watch it with the commercials and everything. Right? That's just that's just part of the tradition. You know what I'm saying? So like Rudolph, love Rudolph, and so it wasn't Christmas really until we watched Rudolph, and so love the story of Rudolph. But I, I noticed something when I watched it a couple of weeks ago for the first time that I really hadn't paid attention to uh, really, and so just track with me here for just a second. But really, Rudolph, there's a, there's a part of Rudolph, especially when Rudolph goes to the island of misfit toys for the first time. He's there with Yukon Cornelius and Hermie the elf, who's a dentist, right? You know, he shows up there, and they get to the island of misfit toys, and you got Charlie in the box. I mean, who doesn't want a Charlie in the box, right? I, I want a Charlie. I mean, come on. And so, like, 
Like they're all there. And when Rudolph shows up, like something, something just hit me for the first time that I never really noticed before. Is that this part of Rudolph really represents part of the gospel. Like I can see the gospel in this, and you're like, I'm not tracking with you. Hold on with it. Uh, just stick with me for just a second. Like When he shows up there, the island of misfit toys are toys that nobody wants, that have been tossed out, that nobody, they're not going to fit in anywhere. Does that remind anybody of their own lives? You know, it's not going to really fit in in any place, and they're out there all on their own, and they're waiting to be saved. They're waiting to be rescued. And then Rudolph shows up, and Rudolph makes a promise to them. Rudolph says, I'll come back for you and rescue you. And when I saw that, I was like, bam, that is the gospel. Because when you read the Old Testament, what you see is you see a promise being made, a promise being made that there will be a Savior to come, that the Messiah will be coming. And this promise is made over and over and over again through the prophets in the Old Testament. And as we get through the Old Testament, we see that God makes good on his promise and so i want you to see this uh from rudolph when rudolph comes back for the island of misfit toys well it's christmas eve but looks like we're forgotten again but rudolph promised we'd go this time Oh, guess the storm was too much for them. Might, might just as well go to bed and start dreaming about next year. I haven't any dreams left to dream. We'll never get off this island. Never. Wait a minute. What's that? Is it... Is it... It sure is. It's Santa. And look, Rudolph is leading the way. You can see his nose from here. Well, let's be on our way. Ready, Rudolph? Ready, Santa. Okay, Rudolph. Full power. Well, folks, as for the rest of the story, he went down in his story. So what did y'all do in church today? We watched Rudolph. What did you do? Uh, really, in all seriousness, I mean, it really is a picture of the gospel, that a promise has been made and that a rescue happens. And this is the gospel. This is, what, this is what the gospel tells us. This is what the Old Testament alludes to. Then when we get to Matthew chapter 1, we see God make good on his promise by giving us Emmanuel, God with us. And so if you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 21. It says this. It says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We talked about that last week and really unpacked what, what the mission of Jesus was, that Jesus came to save us from our sins. In verse 22, he goes on, it says, all, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. It's spoken by the prophet Isaiah, uh, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Listen, if you're taking notes today, you can write this down. It's really uh, just the bottom line of the whole message today. And so if you get nothing else, you only get this, uh, you can walk away with this and I think be good. But here it is. It's pretty simple that a present God changes the story. A present God changes the story. And so here's the question, though. When the scripture says that God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us, us and we say that a present god changes the story and so here's a question for you to wrestle with today do you believe that do you believe that that god is with you do you believe that he is with you do you believe that he has been with you that he will be with you i love what uh luke chapter 1 verse 28 says it says this is that when the angel comes to proclaim this to mary and let mary know what's about to take place it says and he came to her the angel and said greetings O favored one the lord is with you and so we see this stamped all throughout scripture that the lord is with us that god is with us and i think that at this moment in particular that mary actually needed to hear this That she needed to hear that God was with her. That when the angel is saying, hey, here's what's about to take place. You're about to give birth to the Son of God. Like, I would want to know that God is with me in that moment, wouldn't you? And so this angel comes and says that the Lord is with you. And so not only do I think it was very relevant for Mary at the time, but also for you and I. I think you and I need to hear that. I think we need to be reminded of, uh, of that. If you're a believer, we, needed to be, uh, we need to be reminded of the fact that God is with us. I need to be reminded of that. Um, I, I, I contend, and I will always contend this, that we must be able to preach to ourselves. That we have to be able to speak the word of God to ourselves. That it's encouragement for for us that it's a feeling for us and that if we are able to to preach to ourselves like uh, you all don't know this because you don't get to hang out with me you know throughout the week but i'm preaching these messages to myself before i ever get to preach it to you we have to be able to preach the word to ourselves and this is one of those words that sometimes it's just good to say out loud god is with me you ever had to just utter that out loud and say god is with me how joyful that is how uh how much, um, how much feeling that gives us, how much joy that gives us when we say that God is with us. It brings comfort in times of trouble to be able to know that God is with us. And Jesus, he said that, right? He said, in this world we will have what? Trouble, right? We will have trouble. So Jesus says, hey, look, I'm just going to be up front with you and straight. It's coming. It's going to happen. It's not going to be rainbows and unicorns for you. Even if you're a believer, there will be trouble in this world. Things are going to get hard. Life is going to get tough. And then he says this, he says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. That's reassuring, isn't it? Listen, that's a promise that he is giving to us. That he's giving to us, saying that I will be with you. And when I am with you, a present God changes the story. My daughter, Emerson, she, uh, she's three years old. And I think she hates sleep. Um, parents, you, you feel me? 
Like, uh, so she, she, she doesn't, um, she, ha- she has a war with sleep, I think. She, she wakes up almost every single night in the middle of the night, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, you know, whatever. And so uh, she'll wake up in the middle of the night. And when she wakes up, she, there's one word that comes out of her mouth. Daddy. That's it. Right? Daddy. And it just gets, it starts very small, and then it gets a little louder, and there's a little more crying involved, and then finally, eventually, it just gets to the point to where you just can't ignore it, right? Like, you just got to get up and do something about it, you know? And so I'll, I'll get up, and, you know, and so I'll go to her room, and when I walk into her room, I mean, she'll be, you know, sitting there, you know, most of the time just sitting up in her bed, and she'll just be saying, Daddy. And so I will pick her up, and I will hold her, and then, I'll, you know, we'll lay down in the bed, or we'll lay down on the couch, or something like that. But the moment that I pick her up, like, it stops. It stops. Because a present father changes things, doesn't it? And a present God changes the story for us. And so when we realize that God is with us, it changes things. He's with us when we are sick because he's able to bring healing. He's with us when we are weak because he is strength, isn't he? He's with us when we're alone because he's our companion. He's with us when we're hurt because he is our hope and he has been with us because as sinners even though we think that he shouldn't be with us he is with us because he is savior he is with us and a present god changes the story so he has been with us and so the question is is do you believe that do you believe that if we're honest some of you some of you do you you believe that absolutely you believe that that god is with you. You can see that. You hold on to that. You preach that to yourself. God is with you. And so today should be a day of celebration for you. You should take the time today to just celebrate and be thankful for that. But others of you, you struggle with that. You struggle with whether or not God is with you. You want him to be. It sounds good, right? In all actuality, like to be able to say that, it sounds good. It sounds nice. Looks really good on that coffee cup in the mornings, right? Like, but I mean, do you believe that? And if some of you are honest, you're, you don't know. Others of you, you think about that and you think, I want God to be with me, but I don't think that he can because look at how much of a wreck my life is. Look how messed up my life is. Look how messed up my past is. Look how messed up my present is. It doesn't look like it's getting any better as we move forward. And so I would love for God to be with me, but why would he be with me when I'm so messed up? That's a good question. But we just read it a few moments ago. Verse 21 says, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he came to save his people from their sins. For God, Rusty read it earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that he, he, he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to what? Save it, right? So my prayer for all of us, each of us really is pretty simple, is that today that we will realize that he is with us. That he is with us. Number two, not only has or is God with us, but God has been with us. As in, 
past tense. God has been with us. And so uh, for those of you that, that just need a, a, a little reminder today, those of you uh, who are believers to be able to see that, that God has been with you, and even for those of you who may not believe, be believers, to also see that God has also been with you. But we'll get that, that here in just a moment. But not only is he with us, he has also been with us in the past. Um, I can look back in my own life and see how God's past faithfulness is a good indicator for me of his future faithfulness. Like I can see in my own life where God has been faithful to me and it reassures me that he will be faithful to me going forward also. Listen, God doesn't make promises that he doesn't keep. Now, hear me when I say this. Sometimes we like to, uh, the easy thing to do would be able to throw things out like this and say that God is with you, God is with you, God will be with you. And then for all of us to, to get this uh, sort of um, idea that everything is always going to work out for, for good, meaning that it's always going to be the way that we want it to be. And let, it's not. It's not. not always going to be easy it's not always going to be uh, you know just easy going for believers life will be tough remember jesus said there will be trouble life will be tough at times and so this idea of god being with us isn't that the check is always going to come in the mail or that the car is going to miraculously be fixed or the marriage is always going to miraculously work out and be pieced back together and all of those things are going to to work out that way. What it does mean is that he is with you, meaning that he is peace for you. That he is peace for us. And I can see in my own life where he has been faithful to me in the past and so I'm assured that he will also be faithful to me in the future being with me and so how has god for you how has god been present with you in your past was he there with you when you hit rock bottom financially was he there with you when you went through the divorce was he there with you when just life was unlivable when you thought that he wasn't there can you look back now and can you put all the little pieces together and trace everything together and see where god has been faithful to you i bet if you took some time to think about it you could just because he seems silent in these moments when life is tough just because maybe he's not speaking uh, verbally to you, but just because maybe you don't necessarily hear him, does not mean that he is absent. I love what Pete Wilson wrote in his book, Plan B. He said this, he said, God is most powerfully present when he is seemingly absent. God is most powerfully present when he is seemingly absent. There's a, a story in Luke chapter 24 where after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected and um, there are two men and they are walking this long road to a place called Emmaus. And it's about a seven mile walk and as they're walking down this road, it's really kind of a funny story when you think about it because they're walking down this road and they're having this conversation about uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. They're like, hey, did you hear about Jesus? Man, you got res-. You know, they, well, we heard that he's resurrected. I mean, like, what is going on? So they're having this conversation and all of a sudden this guy shows up, right? Just kind of walks up beside him and was like, hey, what are y'all talking about? 
Jesus. You know, I mean, they're like, and so they don't know who the man is, but the man walks with them for seven miles down this long road to Emmaus, and they have these conversations as they're walking. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never walked seven miles with a complete stranger and didn't at one point in time go, hey, who are you? You got a name? Like, you know, like, it just, you know, didn't happen. But apparently it does not happen in this conversation because they're having this conversation. And as they're talking about these things, the scripture says that they begin to talk about spiritual things. And, and this guy, like, he is on point, man. I mean, he's just, like, talking about all these things. And they're like, man, this guy is sharp. He's pretty good. Man, he knows his stuff, right? It's almost like he's God or something. I don't know. But, like, but they don't know that it's Jesus. It's Jesus that's walking with them. Then it says they get around the dinner table later that night, and they begin to break bread with one another. And then at that moment, they realize that it was Jesus that was walking with them the whole time. And I love what the Scripture says because the Scripture says that it says, Did our hearts not burn within us as he spoke to us? And so even though sometimes it may seem like that God is silent, that you can't see him, you're not sure if he's there, he's there. He's there. Even though he seems silent, he is very, very present. I can look back on my own journey and see where God has been with me, and I, I think about when my wife and I first got married, and she was in graduate school and uh, finish, finishing up her graduate degree, and, and I was, uh, was working a very modest job at the time, and so uh, we honestly, just, we were like college broke. Now, we were worse than college broke. Anybody ever been college broke? You know what college broke is? Like, college broke is bad, right? Some of you college students, you know what college broke is, but like, we were worse than college broke. We were so broke, we were going to KFC and licking everybody else's fingers because, <laughs> I mean, it, we were broke, broke, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, broke, broke. And I remember getting, uh, I remember having some, uh, uh, our taxes came back, and like we ended up actually owing money that year, which is always horrible. It you know, really makes your year, her- you know, terrible, right? And so I remember that, and I remember just like, you know, we were just like, I don't know how we're going to pay this. And then literally, I mean, I'm not making this not a pastor story, it's a true story. Like, the check was there. Like, it just, we would walk to our mail, mail, mailbox one day, and it was there. It was the cashier's check, so we didn't know who it was from, and there's no letter with it. It was nothing like that. We hadn't told anybody about this, but for the exact amount that we needed, it was there. And it's like, oh, that sounds good. I hate you, because I wish that would happen to me. And listen, it, it could, it could, but I, I can tell you probably five or six other times when that didn't happen. But God was still with us. I think about when uh, our son was born, and... Uh, Literally, our my wife almost died giving birth to him, and then he almost died hours after. But God was with us. I think about this church, and when we needed a place to be able to start this church, how God was with us and how his providence led us to the Doubletree Hotel. And it's like, listen, I've told some of y'all this story before, but when I say that there was no other place to meet in Oak Ridge and it was the last possible place for us to even be able to hold church in this city, it was. Like, that. we had called every place in town and everybody had one of three answers. No, uh-uh, and no. <laughs> that, that's the nice version. And so, like, 
Like, it was just, there was no other place for us to meet. And so, literally, I remember having a conversation with somebody one day. I was like, I don't know where we're going to start this church at because we have no place for this church to start up. Like, we have no place to meet publicly on a Sunday at this point. And somebody said, hey, did you call the Doubletree Hotel? No. You know? And, like, so we called them. And, and you know the rest of the story. That's where we started out at a little over five years ago. Same thing with this building. I mean, this building was just sent to us by God, really. And so, like, I look at those things, and I I trace back those things, and I see how God was with us, how he has been with us in those situations. When I've experienced deep hurt and loss, I know that God has been with me. And so sometimes just being able to speak those words out loud, to just be able to say, God is with me, it can just be so reassuring. It can be so reassuring. God is with me, he has been with me, and a present God changes the story. present God changes the story. And so if that is true, if you believe that, if you believe that God is with you, if you believe that he has been with you, then the only proper response to that is complete, undignified worship and trust. If you believe that, if you believe that God is with you, That should be our only proper response. Just like the angels in the uh, Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 where the angels come and visit the shepherds. Now that's a whole other message for another time, the whole shepherd thing, but they come and visit the the shepherds, the most unlikely of people to get this message, but they visit the shepherds who are out in the field. And when they get there and they visit the shepherds, they tell the shepherds that Emmanuel has come, that Jesus has arrived. And their response was perfect. When you read it in Luke chapter 2, it says that their response was that when they heard that Emmanuel had come, that Emmanuel was born, that Jesus Christ had come. The scripture says that they took their shoes off, kicked back, and watched another episode of NCIS and hung out for a while. No. It's not what it said. It says that they went with haste. They ran. They ran to see Jesus. Because he was here. Because he was here. So not only is God with us, not only has he been with us, but number three, God will be with us. God will be with us. Christmas is just one of the many reminders that that God keeps his promises. That when Jesus shows up that with the arrival of Christ, the first advent is just a reminder that God is keeping his promises because this is making good on the promise that he made all the way that we can go all the way back to Genesis and see the promise that he is making for a savior. And then we see it with Abraham and then we see it again through the prophets with Isaiah where they are prophesying that a savior will come to rescue sinners. And so the arrival of Jesus is God making good on that promise. But we see all throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament where God over and over and over again tells people that he will be with them. We see it with with Moses. When God tells Moses to go to the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, to tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. And God says, I will be with you as you do that. And then we see it with Joshua who after Moses dies, Joshua is going to take the people of Israel into the promised land. And 
I love the promise that God makes to Joshua because with Joshua, he says, I will be with you. I will go before you. In fact, I, will alre- I have already given you in victory every place that the sole of your feet will touch. How about that for being with you? And so then we see it again with Elijah. We see it with Nehemiah as he goes to uh, rebuild the walls that have been broken down. And then we see Jesus himself say it. When he says it to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 where he says, Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will what? Be with you until the very end. He is with us, and he will be with us. His presence changes the story. I love what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 about the presence of God and, and how, uh, how um, powerful just the presence of God is, that the knowing that God is with us, how powerful this is. This is what he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That word love is really translated like presence. Not only is it love as in embracing, but it's the presence of God, the mere physical presence of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's asking a question. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, not sure how that got in there, but danger, sword, he said, all of these things, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. He says, no, in all of these things. And so he says, no, 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 listen, listen. In light of all of these horrible things, in light of famine, in light of persecution, in light of distress, in light of troubles, in light of danger, in light of uh, the threat of being killed, in light of all of these things, no, in all of these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Pretty much covers the whole gambit of things, doesn't he? Will be able to separate us from the love, the presence of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is with us. And so the question still remains, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you want a, a different story this Christmas? I, I, I love um, today even, today here in just a few moments, we are for the fourth week in a row going to baptize somebody. Rachel, so yeah, she's over there, she's like, hey, uh, We're going to have another baptism today. And so, listen, I I love the stories. Their their stories are amazing. Each one of their stories are absolutely incredible. But so many of their stories, when they get into the water back here behind us, is a story that says, at one point in time, my life was void. It was dark. There was no light because I was without Christ. But then I realized that God was with me. You see how the story changes? You see how your story changes in light of that? So do you want a different story this Christmas? The key to that lies in the answer to the question. Do you believe that God is with you? That he has been with you? That he will be with you? I'll close with this. 
John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, my really favorite passage of Scripture for Christmas. You're like, this doesn't sound like a Christmas story, but it is. It says this, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus, talking about the Word being Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that uh, anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? And then verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. Jesus. Jesus became flesh. God became flesh, meaning that God himself lowered himself, humbled himself from his throne in heaven and put himself into the mess of humanity to be with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So if you want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. We look at Jesus. We see his glory. We see his light and how the light chases away the darkness, that he is with us, that he came to be with us to save us from our sins. And so as we close, as we get ready to celebrate baptism here in just a few moments, we're going to sing a song of um, just proclaiming that greatness and goodness. But I, I just want to challenge several of you who may be in, uh, riding in different lanes this morning. Number one, if you're a believer here today and, and you can absolutely, positively say, you know what, I, I believe that. I believe that God is with me. I can see where he has been with me. I know that he is going to be with me as we go forward. Regardless of what situations and circumstances arise in life, I know that he is with me. As tough as it may be, as hard as it may be, as hurtful as it may be at times, I know that he is with me. I love this idea that, that Jesus is, is peace. And I, and I used to think that, that, that Jesus gave us peace. And, and, and that was hard for me to, to understand that, that Jesus gave us peace because there were times in my life where I didn't really feel peace. Anybody else there? Where you didn't really feel peace, but you read and it says that Jesus is peace, but then it occurred to me that I was actually understanding and reading that wrong. Listen, Jesus is peace. And so because he is with us and we have him, he is the peace that we need. It's not that he gives peace, he is peace. So because he is peace, listen, we can have peace. So if you're a believer, then your only response today is to celebrate that. To celebrate and be thankful for the fact that he is with you, that he has been with you, that he will be with you. Or if you're sort of riding in the middle of that, that you struggle with that at times. You struggle with whether he is with you, whether you believe that or not. Then I would just encourage you that, that today to to take the time today to just simply pray and ask for the faith to believe. Not that you have to try harder. That's the wrong way to look at it. God is the author of faith. He is the one that gives us the faith to, be, 
to believe. And so our prayer should be, God, help my unbelief. Give me faith to know that you are with me and you will be with me. Or maybe you just struggle believing any of that. My hope and prayer for you is that today, that today you will make time today, just in this few moments. You're here, you might as well do some work. You might as well take the time today to just simply pray for God to be with you for the first time. Just ask Him to be your Savior. Father, we thank you, God, so much for your word. God, we thank you so much for how you speak to us. God, when we need it the most, God, to know that you are with us. God, to be reassured that that you will be with us, that you have been with us in the past. God, let us celebrate and be thankful for that. God, for those of us who struggle with that, God, God, help our unbelief. God, give us the faith to believe that you are with us. God, for those of us who may struggle with just believing that all together, God, I just pray the power of the Holy Spirit to to just inhabit this place, God, that you give them courage, God, to repent, God, to proclaim you call out to you, God, to just ask for salvation. As we celebrate, God, as we proclaim these things, God, as we look for your glory, it's in your name we pray. Amen. As we sing this song,